and One Emotional Podcast, Conversations for Inspiration on the Go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Hi, Alex. How are you? Welcome to Luan Emotional Podcast. Thank you so much, Marianne. Very well. How are you? Good. Everything's going great. So I have this amazing person in front of me. He's social impact entrepreneur and founder of Melee. And Melee is a holistic method that helps people develop self-awareness, discipline, and form healthy habits. Their mission is to help people improve their quality of life by finding balance between mind, body, and spirit. So we're going to dive in a bit about what the Melee methodology is about, but Something that fascinates me is uh, that Alex started this after connecting with astrology, vipassana meditation, silent retreats, and plant ceremonies. And that's how he started developing an interest in self-awareness, the power of journaling, and helping people awaken to their truest potential. And his mission is quite aligned to Luan's Emotional Museum's mission, right? To help people, artists, creators, uh, people around the world uh, to connect with their truest essence, to their truest um, mission and vision of themselves. And I want to ask you, Alex, how did everything start? What happened in your life for you to give birth to something like Malay? Mm. I think it's a combination of factors. At the end of the day, um, every time we're trying to think ahead, what's going to be the next step? But we forget that every project that we're involved in, it's a step that's setting the ground for the next project to, to be born. Um, so I was basically, my career started in the world of uh, tech startups in New York, where I studied business management and advertising communications. And during my sophomore year, I saw um, there was an opportunity to build a platform to exchange textbooks between students because textbooks were so expensive and students didn't have the money to, to pay for the textbooks. So I started getting involved into the world of entrepreneurship in the US. And it was a very beautiful place um, to basically build like the first uh, community-based project, which was completely based in swapping. So mm -hmm. the idea was that every student could exchange whatever he or she didn't need with people in their community or university that, that needed it. And that project kind of like set the ground um, to understand that everything that you set your mind to is, is possible. And obviously, New York is a very um, like intensive city in, in every sense of the world as a school of, of life, you know, uh, where basically you need to be on top of your game all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a really good school um, for, for my next move, which was coming to Mexico City and start an advertising agency. And I had the opportunity to start an advertising agency that was uh, an office of my dad's agency that he started in Spain, like in the 90s. And it was a beautiful project um, because they they always kept an essence of creativity and innovation. Mm -hmm. And when I came to Mexico, I decided to apply all that uh, school to social impact projects. So I tried to work with different types of startups that were um, involved in having a positive impact. Mm -hmm. But um, like, you know, working with startups, uh, it's always 
um, complicated because uh, when it comes to advertising, um, most brands that are focused in social impact are always trying, you know, to to see uh, what their business model is. So basically, I always had to work with other clients to keep uh, the project afloat. And for three years, um, it was a great experience for me. I started it when I was, I think, 22 years old when I came to Mexico. So I was pretty young um, to to have a project of uh, that dimension. And that has always been like my my way of approaching everything. Like um, Reed Hoffman says, jumping off a cliff and building your airplane on the way down, mm-hmm. which is like a nice description of entrepreneurship. And I think it's about confidence and building this certainty with uh, uncertainty mm-hmm. and this confidence with uncertainty. And the the biggest um, event that shaped my career was the earthquake of the 19th of September in 2017 in Mexico City. It was an earthquake that really moved me inside out. Um, I was at the agency and... Um, it just was like I had experienced earthquakes before, but this one was different. You know, uh, I don't know if it was the extension of the time or the way that the earth was moving both um, like um, side to side. And it was like oscillatory and trepidatory, which are like the two types of earthquake. But this one had both of them, you know, so it means that the earth was moving both sideways and up and down, which was very, very interesting. And the day after the earthquake, there were so many people trying to help in the streets. Um, Mexico City just like turned to help, you know, and it was my first time seeing like a city that's a bit chaotic, super coordinated uh, to give help to whatever um, issue was happening at that time. And what was very interesting was that there were so many people in the streets that they were blocking the ambulances, you know, so basically... Um, I said, okay, how can I give value to this situation from my area of expertise, which was advertising, technology, communications? And I decided to bring my roommate at that time. Um, his his name is Nico, and he works in Google. He was working in Google. And um, my friend Willie, who had a um, technological advertising agency based uh, in programming and building software, and a friend of mine who was an architect, Alejandro, um, who told me, hey, I have so many friends calling me to go visit their houses. And I have friends that have visited already those houses. Like there was a lot of architects going to see houses after the earthquake to see whether the house was damaged enough so that the building could crumble, you know, because buildings were falling after the earthquake. And we decided to come together and think of a solution that could be implemented quickly to help with the current situation, which uh, the project was called Salva Tu Casa, uh, which means save your house, save your home. And it was a platform that put together victims of the earthquake with uh, volunteer architects. So basically, for some reason, a lot of people joined the cause, uh, like many um, like activists, uh, imagine like the anonymous type of group, but in Mexico. And they basically built an Uber platform in 24 hours where we had a map of the city and every uh, citizen that had a damaged house could take pictures of um, the scars, you know, in the, in the walls, uh, the infrastructure, which was like kind of like a questionnaire mm-hmm. that was made by some uh, architects and engineers. And we would receive it in our database 
And then the volunteer architects who signed up in our platform would go visit the house and put a flag in the map, red, green, or yellow, depending on the situation. And we registered 27,000 buildings in three weeks and 600 architects joined the cause. So it was this project that just boomed out of nowhere. And that's when I realized that there is an energy above everything else. There is an energy above money um, where if, if the mission is big enough so that people have the same aligned passion Nothing else matters, you know? And it was super interesting because um, when you take money out of the equation, ego comes away as well. And everyone knew what they had to do. Everyone knew uh, the steps they needed to take. There was no, um, like, useless arguments, you know? Every conversation had a purpose, and it was very sharp in that sense. So that showed me that... um, you can really build something great if the mission is aligned with your purpose and with your capabilities. And it was very hard for me to go back to advertising um, after that experience, very hard. That's when um, I went through a pretty rough depression mm-hmm. um, where I basically you know, needed to sustain the team of people I had uh, to keep working with clients and thinking, why am I helping clients sell products people don't need? Um, I, I don't understand it. You know? So I was going through this like rough experience. And one day, um, this woman came to the office and she was an old woman, very old, um, very tiny as well, but very soft, you know, like a very pristine energy, very clean. And she had a pendulum in her hand. And back then my father had sent me um, lots of furniture from his old advertising agency. He sent me his trophies. He sent me uh, because he had to close his uh, agency. So Mexico City was the only um, like place alive for his brand to, to keep going. And he sent me all this furniture and all these items. And this woman said to me, she looked at me and she said, hey, can I talk to you? I said, yes. She says, my name is... Socorro, which in English means something like aid or help. And she said, are these your furniture? And I said, well, yes, they're my dad's. I start explaining the story. She interrupts me. She looks to me in the eye. and She says, you have to get rid of it. You have to get rid of it because it has a very powerful energy related to loss, related to failure. And this is not helping you advance in your journey. And she leaves. So basically, it's one of these times where your heart stops completely. And that night, I couldn't sleep. Um, I was thinking, you know, who was Socorro? Um, why did she come to tell me that? What does she know about my father? And I started inquiring about her, and I found her address, and I go visit her. Turns out the, the street name is Calle de la Amargura, which in English would be something like the street of remorse. So I'm sitting on the Uber going to see help from the street of remorse. (laughs) And I can't stop thinking that my future version sent me a message, you know, uh, that was very clear in the name. But if I was stupid enough not to pay attention to the name, the street address was there to reinforce uh, how valuable that person was in my career or in my path, you know, in my journey. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I get there. I get to her house. It's a wooden house full of light, full of plants, full of crystals. She sits me in a small table and she asks me, so tell me, what's going on? And I say, hey, sorry, but uh, I think you have to speak because right now I have no words. But for some reason, she connected with some inner part of me. And I started vomiting words and thoughts and experiences that I didn't even know were inside me. And I started discovering through talking with her that I wasn't following my dream, that I wasn't following my passion, that I was following my dad's career, my dad's dream, which was beautiful. It was an amazing experience. And I only have gratitude for for that possibility, you know, to start a company from everything that he built. But at the same time, it wasn't, um, it wasn't my path, you know? So I had like this very powerful, deep weight, uh, holding me back from being free, you know? And after talking with her, uh, we kind of got to a conclusion, which was sell the furniture that you received from your dad, which was a very beautiful furniture from the 40s. Uh, with that money, pay your employees and close the agency. And that's what I did. Uh, it was, the, I think, the hardest decision I've ever uh, made because it, it meant also breaking kind of a bit of my relationship with my father, you know, mm-hmm. um, because for him, Mexico was like the the light that was in the path after closing Madrid. And I knew he wouldn't understand the decision from um, like a partner mm-hmm. point of view, but I hoped he understood the decision from a father point of view. Um, you know, like I, I was in a place of darkness. I was in a place of sadness and that's where light came in, you know, uh, under the name of uh, Socorro, help from the street of remorse. And back to your question, Socorro told me after everything, she said, uh, I want you to write and I want you to write every morning and every afternoon. And I want you to use a pencil because graphite, which is a mineral that's inside pencils, is a very powerful mineral, very ancient mineral. And everything that you write down with a pencil opens up a path in the universe and it manifests. So she told me that, and I went back home, and I started journaling every morning, gratitude, every night, gratitude. Um, At first, I didn't know really well what to write, but I just started saying, um, thank you, universe, um, for this opportunity to manifest my dreams, and then how I felt, you know, and I started using it um, kind of like as a friend, you know, like the journal became kind of like my partner where uh, I could express things that were always in my head, mm-hmm. but very, very like alchemic process happens when you write it down, you know, and you kind of like, you narrow it and, and you put it into paper and then it becomes real, it becomes tangible, something that you can touch, that you can smell, um, that you can get your hands dirty with. And so after writing and writing and writing, um, obviously I had closed my agency and then I started another project came uh, to my life, which uh, helped music artists in Latin America with music production, education and exposure. It was a beautiful project sponsored by an alcoholic brand, which was kind of always my duality, you know, Mm -hmm. like I want to support alcohol, but they're giving me a really good budget to help artists, you know? Um, So music has always been my passion. Uh, I produce um, electronic music and uh, being there to kind of help artists was very beautiful kind of uh, opportunity. But during this period of uh, three years, I kept on writing every day. 
And it got to a point where I had a journal for meditations, a journal for work, a journal for my diary. And I was traveling all the time doing all these events in Latin America, in Europe. And it was not sustainable to travel with so many journals. So I said, hey, this, this, there, there must be an easier way. And that's where um, I decided to put together a format that combined all the well-being, um, like meditation, exercise, everything I was learning through reading and, and my work into one place. And I designed this format to help me organize kind of like uh, my growth, my spiritual growth. And it's something that I did to solve a problem that I had. And I printed it out and a friend of mine saw it and, and he asked me, hey, what is this? And I said, yes, don't worry. It's just like this format I made to organize my ideas and my thoughts. And he said, hey, can, can you print one for me? I said, yeah, sure. Why not? So I printed one for him and he loved it. He said, hey, my week has changed completely. I don't know what happened, but there's something very powerful in, in what you just created. And, and that's where it clicked. You know, I said, hey, what if there is value here for other people as well you know what if other people can also use writing as a guide for their life journaling as a mirror for their soul and what if there is like a path here um to to do something bigger you know to to connect with my purpose and after a planned ceremony in costa rica it became clear to me that my next step my next path was uh to bring this to life and for the last 12 months, um, we've been working very hard to bring together um, this, <laughs> which now it's tangible um, and the journal has become alive. And it's been really like such, a, such an experience, but especially going back to the origin, which is a pencil, you know, and not losing the simplicity of the pencil. I think that's the most important part. Like the medicine came from here, you know, mm -hmm. um, and we can get into it afterwards. It, it might seem a bit complicated with the QR codes and the content and this and that, but if you take that out of the equation, the real medicine comes from here, mm -hmm. comes from being able to open up to yourself and write it down how you're feeling, you know, becoming your, becoming like your guide, you know, like, all the solutions are inside you. It's just a way of opening up to yourself, being honest with yourself and getting rid of all the noise, you know? Um, but yeah, I think in a nutshell, which was a pretty big shell and a pretty big nut, <laughs> that's how everything came to be. It's amazing. And I think that, you know, the pencil and that communication with, with your pencil is actually kind of like the pathway to a connection to yourself. Right, because most of the times, especially in different industries, and I guess it might happen as well in the advertising industry, right? It's always about talking to others, about convincing others, about the perception of others, about others, 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 others. And few times we actually have the space, the moment, the time to actually change that side into ourselves, mm -hmm. right? Without not feeling selfish maybe with our parents or with um the people that we work with and not feeling that we should be doing something else but i think in this life we have we have the decision and the ability you know to take that decision in the sense of who do you want to be faithful to right if you want to be faithful to other people around you mm -hmm. then eventually you will be unfaithful to yourself 
if you want to be faithful to yourself, then eventually you ought to be unfaithful to others. And that takes a big step in courage because saying no to our parents, saying no to the professional identity that we've created of who we are, saying no to the lifestyle that we're used to, Mm. not easy for those changes to come. And most of the times when do those changes come, eventually when we when we've hit rock bottom, right? When we're in the middle of a depression or we're in the middle of, you know, an anxiety prone process, or we are, you know, just changing this identity and we're completely feeling lost. Mm-hmm. And something amazing and something that Luan stands a lot for is, you know, opening to the arts for that connection and for that emotional outlets that we need in this really noisy world. Instead of listening to others, we need to connect with ourselves and listen first to ourselves. And the pencil was exactly the pathway to reach there. Now, some people could have it through music, other people could have it through meditation, other people through painting, other people through, I don't know, talking, right? Uh, public speaking, whatever. But I believe that we all need, every one of us as human beings, we all need that connection. And there are different pathways, And we need to discover which pathway suits best for us. And something that I loved about what you said is that, you know, the, it's quite practical and quite easy to travel around and move around your life with a pencil, right? Eventually it's kind of like easy. If you have a few minutes before a meeting or if you, I don't know, if you are, you know, going from one way to another and someone else is driving or you're waiting for a doctor's appointment, then eventually you have, you know, a few minutes for that. And it reminds me of this book of um, James Clear called Atomic Habits that he says that if you want to start a new habit, what he recommends is to start with two minutes. Mm. Two minutes per day. That's it. So if you want to write, start writing for two minutes. And then if you're done by two minutes, you're done. And then, you know, try it again next day. But if you're already there and you're writing, then maybe you can continue. But the most that you are kind of like asked to do is two minutes. Everything else is just kind of like freedom, Mm -hmm. freedom of the process. Yeah, for sure. Um, It it resonates with this uh, stream of um, thought or philosophy called Kaizen, which comes from Japan which means the change for the good, small changes for the good. And basically this term was like made popular during the industrial revolution in Japan. And they basically um, kind of like tried to implement this uh, thought or, or this school of thinking where small incremental steps will make the bigger change in your life and trying to look for these incremental changes you know so if you improved one percent every day you know if uh, today you write for one minute tomorrow you write for two minutes um, at the end of the month you're gonna improve 30 percent mm-hmm. whereas if you're always trying to look for this 30 percent sudden change it's going to be such a high wall that you're never going to be able to climb it, you know. Maybe yeah. you climb once, but then you're just going to give up the next day because it's so high. So we tend to overcomplicate ourselves. Mm-hmm. We tend to always uh, aim for bigger goals than the ones we can really achieve today. And something that I think is very powerful that writing allows you to is writing down your dream, you know. What is it that you want to achieve? And that dream could be 
dream that you can achieve in one year, in two years, in five years, it doesn't matter. But after you picture and you vision it and, and you feel how does it smell for you to be living in that dream mm-hmm. through visualization, then what can you do today that will get you closer to that dream? Mm-hmm. And write it down, you know, like how can you start living your dream today through writing? And sometimes the, the first step is going on Google and doing some research. Fine. Or maybe the step is buying a book. Perfect. But do it. You know, it's something that you can do today. And we tend to postpone. We postpone and postpone. I'll do this tomorrow. I'll do this next month. I need to find some space for myself. Um, but that's just an excuse, you know, uh, not to face what we really want um, to face. And going back to fear, which I think it's the energy that's always uh, going to be on our side. Um, it's about transforming fear into into courage, you know, uh, understanding there is nothing to lose, really. Uh, all these ideas that we have that uh, if I quit my job, I need to wait for the perfect idea, the perfect moment to, to quit, you know, that's never going to come. Um, something I realized when I decided to close the agency of my father, uh, the, basically like uh, the office I opened here in Mexico, was that um, I needed to close the door for the other project with music to come by, you know? And the same happened when I decided to uh, start with Melee. I decided to close that door mm-hmm. and invest all my energy into this project. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is the only way. Um, there are many people, very successful entrepreneurs who have managed, you know, to run different projects at the same time. Uh, in my In my case... I'm very faithful to my energy mm-hmm. and I really believe in what I'm doing. And at the end of the day, um, I think if I leave a door open saying, this is my stream of income and then uh, that allows me to pay my rent and then I'm going to work on my passion. Mm-hmm. It's kind of being unfaithful uh, in mm-hmm. my way of seeing the world. You know, it's like, uh, why can I not make, um, you know, my passion, my way of life as well? And this is what I'm like working towards to with Mele, which Mele stands for meditation, exercise, learning, and expression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is to help you incorporate the habits of journaling, reading, uh, writing, and meditating into your daily life. And that's a routine that I've been practicing for many years. And I've ne- I'm never going to stop this routine. I'll never stop meditating. I'll never stop journaling. I'll never stop reading. And I'll never stop writing because I, I love it and exercising as well, you know. And mm-hmm. I said, hey, what if this lifestyle could also be a way of life, you know, mm-hmm. by sharing this with other people? And the the idea with this project is uh, to be very practical, you know. Mm-hmm. We live in a world with many distractions. We live in a world with many opportunities. Um, it's easy to travel. It's easy to, you know, like... Uh, fulfill your dreams uh in in the materialistic type of of sense but when it comes to personal growth um there are a lot of books mm-hmm. but i feel uh not as many practical tools and after reading atomic habits you know which is a wonderful book uh, my question is okay now what <laughs> and and so i decided to start with the what which mm-hmm. is the journal and how it's a working process. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, being in planet Earth, 
means being able to use your hands and your senses to transform ideas into reality, you know, because that's why we can smell, we can touch, we can feel, um, we can hear, because we have this ability to transform ideas into something tangible, something mm-hmm. that you can taste. And so if you only leave things to theory and you don't process them through your emotional center, through your physical center, through your mind, um, then it's always going to be there as an idea, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought that the best way to introduce this was um, through a journal that starts with a lunar cycle, which are uh, four weeks. And after many iterations, we decided to do white journal for the morning, black journal for the night, with the idea that these are the two most important moments of your day when mm-hmm. you wake up and you when, go, uh, when you go to sleep. And if you manage to make some space for yourself in the morning, make make some space for yourself at night, this is like the most important time that you're going to find in the day because it's where you reflect before going to sleep and when you plan right after waking up. Rather than starting your day reacting to life, Mm -hmm. you start your day with a proactive mindset. What do I want to do today? How do I want to design my day? And I think that's very powerful. Everyone um, can find their own routine, their own rituals. But more than that, it's about making space for yourself. Because sometimes we say, hey, I don't have time to meditate or I don't have time to go for a run. But you have time to watch Netflix or be on Instagram for three hours a day. You know, So I think prioritization, uh, being able to say no, like you said before, uh, to others, to others, to say yes to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think, the first step to understanding that your time with yourself is as valuable or more valuable than the time you're giving away to others. Yes, I completely agree. And I want to pinpoint on something that you mentioned about <clears throat> postponing things, right? <clears throat> and I believe that nowadays we're postponing many things that we're not prioritizing. Maybe because... Well, we lack the time, we lack the prioritization, we are filled with fear. And one of the things that, you know, we've we've seen, you know, with, you know, with our clients over in Luan and all the artists and the creators that we work with is that most of the time we're focused on the result, on the end product, on the work of art, on the life that has already changed, but not in the process. And the process is way more important and way more valuable than actually the result. I know that we all want, I don't know, to win the game or we all want to sell the company or we all want fill it in, no? X, Y, and Z. But we forget the process that it's going to get us there. And if we don't build the right processes, if we don't build the right um, entertaining exercise for us to get there, then eventually, you know, we're, we're going to still postpone and postpone and postpone the dreams and the life that we want to have, right? And something quite interesting that I find is that when you focus on having certain rewards and having certain pleasure of the process that you're doing it, then eventually the end results eventually come because it's like planting seeds, right? You're constantly, we're constantly planting seeds every minute of our lives, every day of our lives, we're planting seeds. And maybe those seeds are good seeds if you want to, you know, um, name them that way or bad seeds, depending if it, 
if it aligns or it brings us closer to the person or the identity that we want to to be, we want to have, right? And we and you know, the, all of those seeds will eventually harvest. Some of them they might take a week, others a day, others ten years, others one year. I don't know, but they're but they're constantly planting seeds and harvesting constantly. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that fascinates me a lot is how we let fear come in with the end result, right? For example, if we want to start writing and then, you know, we're writing and then we have the internal critic that, you know, comes in, obviously the internal critic is going to come in and say hi, right? And it's going to tell you like, oh my God, are you writing shit? You know, what is this? This is terrible content, you know? This is not important or this is kind of like whatever you're going to criticize yourself, you're going to judge yourself and then you stop writing. But then you were thinking of the end result, oh, maybe I can become a writer and maybe someone will read this uh, for a book. And then you killed your dream because the self-critic came in and just kind of like ruined the purpose or the process that you were doing. But if you focus on the process on, okay, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What am I dumping into the paper? What am I manifesting into the paper? And some days maybe you can, you know, be with a lot of anger and putting all of your anger in the paper. And then the next day, maybe you are going to be creating the life of your dreams. And we have this um, kind of like emotional roller coaster because we are human beings. Mm-hmm. Not, not even one day is the same, right? Maybe we have like three hours that we're feeling amazing and then we have one hour that we're feeling terrible, right? But what can you tell us about how you manage your process to build that discipline and build those habits? Well, um, before we jump into that, I just wanted to comment on what you said about um, the roller coaster of emotions that we live in. To me, journaling has helped me travel in time. And let me explain that. So um, the first first time I connected with the power of journaling was when I decided to do a new moon ritual, which basically during new moon, um, there are like many schools of thought. And this is a practice that has thousands of years that you set your intentions, you know. Supposing that new moon is the more fertile uh, energy for the seeds to be planted that's why in agriculture you know all the um, harvest season they start planting during new moon and it's like this place to to plant your seeds and i i did that i wrote my 10 intentions during new moon and they just kept on manifesting at a super fast pace and i couldn't believe uh, how everything was going on you know like the, the the ability to see into the future, like I want this to happen and then seeing it as something that's happening, it was very, very powerful. And I kept on exploring that sense of uh, writing and space and time. And I've been journaling on a consistent basis for the past uh, three years or four years every day. And sometimes obviously I feel a bit sad and sometimes I feel happy. But the the beautiful thing is that whenever I feel sad, I can go back to a day where I felt happy in my journal and connect with that feeling for writing. Since I'm the person who wrote that, the feeling is kind of encapsulated into the words and into the writing. And you're able to shift your emotion to that state. Mm-hmm. You know, because you start wondering, why am I feeling down if here I'm feeling so well? Mm-hmm. Where are my tools 
that can make me change my emotional state mm-hmm. through my writing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not reading a book. It's not watching um, a documentary. It's not being in therapy. It's writing or reading your words and going back to that feeling through journaling. So mm-hmm. I think um, that's like a very powerful aspect of, of journaling that can help you shift your emotions when you're feeling down, mm-hmm. going back to places of happiness. And discipline, um, Krishnamurti says that discipline comes from the world um, disciple. Mm-hmm. And the disciple is not the one who copies or imitates, but the one who learns on a constant basis. So uh, discipline comes from learning, really. Uh, being a curious person and trying to improve, trying to grow, you know. I think um, the more you understand yourself, the more you can give to others mm-hmm. rather than seeing it as something selfish. Um, I call it uh, altruistic egoism mm-hmm. and about focusing on yourself first to be able to share more with others. And obviously um, I, I couldn't be here without fencing, uh, which is the sport that I've practiced for the most years in my life. I started fencing when I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. And I joined the national team um, when I was a teenager. Every weekend, you know, my friends would go partying and I would go to Russia, Ukraine, Africa mm-hmm. to compete. And I received a scholarship to study in New York through the sport of fencing. So um, I think that was like the stepping ground that gave me that discipline to start understanding. And this is a, a very powerful um message that I received from a sports psychologist, which is there is a very thin line between being afraid to lose mm-hmm. and having the ambition to win. Mm. And, you know, I realized that uh, most times during my teenage years, I was more afraid to lose than willing to win. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've applied in my life, you know, like that fear of loss, uh, transforming it into how wonderful would it be if this was successful, you know? And I think the the most important part when you're building a new habit, if you want to start journaling, if you want to start meditating, it's to start small, start with achievable steps that you can do, you know, because it's more important that you meditate for two minutes mm-hmm. than not to meditate, you know? Um, when we start thinking, I need the perfect space, I need like 30 minutes and I... I need silence and I need darkness. We're just trying to make up excuses so that we can postpone it, you know? So what can you do now? Can you close your eyes, breathe in and breathe out for five minutes? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be that small step into getting that muscle of willpower, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we are nothing without willpower. Willpower is what drives us uh, in the morning, is what makes us... Uh, work uh, it just makes us productive and I've also like done a lot of studying through vipassana meditation and in the buddhist world and obviously um, buddha said that the human misery comes from two extremes desire to attachment so the extreme of desire which is attachment and um, rejection mm-hmm. And anytime you're attached to something, you're going to build um, that sense of uh, need, which is 
that craving, you know, that's what's going to uh, make you unhappy. And the same happens with uh, when you reject something, you know, um, they believe in the Buddhist tradition that when you're giving that negative energy to something, you're making it bigger, you're feeding that same thing with mm -hmm. energy, you know. So it's about maintaining like an equanimous state of mind. Obviously, desire is part um, of the human development. Without desire, we cannot survive. But it's about finding the balance between desire without attachment. And I think that's the key uh, when you want to build a new habit. You know, you don't want to be attached to the vision of yourself meditating every day because that's going to put a lot of barriers into your path. You just want to try how can you integrate these habits into your daily life mm -hmm. uh, but with more of a free spirit with a detached type of perception you know not trying to um, become that person who meditates every day just understand that meditation is going to help you know more about yourself know mm -hmm. more about the world where you live in but without that attachment you know i mm -hmm. think that's the most important part being easy on ourselves not putting like so many expectations in our life mm -hmm. and trying um, to find that desire without without attachment. Of course, of course. And also it reminds me of this book, The Confidence Code by Kitty Kay, that they talk about how when we are feeling not confident, not with ourselves, with our ability, with the career that we have, with the talents or whatever in our lives, um, we tend to freeze, right? We tend not to act on it. If you think that you're not a good writer, then eventually you're not going to write, no? And what they talk that the first, like the kryptonite for, for, for lacking confidence, it start acting and start doing right? Without the attachment of what is going to be the result, if it's going to be accepted or not, but kind of like, okay, if you're feeling that you're not, you're feeling insecure of doing something, then eventually start doing it. That's like the perfect path or the perfect um, compass telling you what to do. If you're feeling that you're lacking confidence in writing, in meditating, in the discipline that you're having, start doing it, start acting on it. And that's eventually is going to turn out that um, lack of confidence into some sense of security that's going to give you um, this kind of like a higher ground for you to start pursuing not the habits that you want. And it also reminds me of um, how do you find, right, the things that you enjoy. And I remember that I was in this meditation retreat And, um, and I asked, they were, it was a couple that they were guiding it, not, um, he is a Tibetan Buddhist monk and she is a Zen Buddhist monk from Japan. And, and she's responded something quite simple, like, like, how do you know that if it's something aligned to your essence, to your truth vision of yourself? And she said, if it uplifts you, if it gives you energy, then that's the right spot. If it drains the energy out of you, then it's not the right spot. And with the Malay methodology, right, for meditation, exercising, learning, and expression, I think it's a perfect um, exercise to start working out and seeing which of these, you know, processes starts giving you more energy. Does writing give you more energy? For example, exercise for me, it gives me a lot of energy. I use exercise as my coffee in the morning. I don't drink coffee, but exercise for me, it's kind of like my waking up, like, okay, it's 
I work out at 6.30 a.m. in the morning every day, no? And it's like, okay, I'm here. Uh, good morning. No, Marion has arrived. <laughs> She's here, no? And also, you know, kind of like sensing, you know, if meditation brings energy out of you, then if it does meditation, then, you know, something that I've seen that, or, or, or I've used that helps a lot is, for example, breath work. Because for some people, meditation, right? We've all been there and we've known that the first maybe 30 seconds when we're trying to meditate can feel excruciatingly painful, right? You're thinking about all the 10,000 things that you didn't know that you need to do right now, right? And it takes many practice no? uh, to get into the zone. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you go to these Vipassana retreats or you go to these yoga retreats or you go to these you know, meditation retreats or meditation exercises, then eventually you're going to get into the zone much faster. And when you get into the zone, it gets quite addictive. But the problem is when we also the time and the process until we get there. Mm -hmm. And something that I've seen works a lot is breath work because breath work gives you kind of like a faster access in my opinion no to that in the zone place that could help at the beginning when you're starting to meditate and then when you have kind of like that circuit already done already you know crossed already built then eventually you can you know sit down and meditate and then in, in two three minutes you're going to get in the zone 100 percent, 100 percent. yes i think like we said before we have all the answers within us. We have all the tools we need within us. It's just a way of untapping your potential through getting rid of all the noise. And the noise, uh, we all have the noise, comes from the time we were born, even before that. And all those images, all those impressions that have been ingrained in our subconscious mm -hmm. uh, are always there, you know? And when buddha found liberation what he found is he could get rid of those impressions through meditating through self-observation he could get rid of those ideas that were holding him back mm -hmm. uh, that were generating craving that were generating aversion and i think obviously um this is not something that we should aspire to you know to be illuminated or to be uh because it's it's all um, it's also like falling into the trap of desire, you know, mm -hmm. and, and craving. So I think the the tool of breath work, journaling, meditation, exercise, painting, writing poetry, um, it's about finding your art within yourself, knowing mm -hmm. that we're all poets, we're all musicians, we're all artists, uh, but we never give ourselves the space nor the time to explore uh, that side of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when you find that freedom, when you express yourself creatively, you connect with your essence, you know, which is different from your personality. Mm -hmm. Let's say the essence is the light that's always within you. And the personality is the idea of Marion that you have built throughout the years. And through self-observation, you start differentiating those are two separate beings, you know. Mm -hmm. It's my essence that has no name. That's just this pure light of bliss that's always going to give me um, light and path of where to go, like kind of like uh, my compass. Mm -hmm. And then there is this personality and image I have created with all of the information I have read, the books I have read, the people I have met. And, and so it's about, yes, okay, this persona that I've created is great, but let's go back. Mm -hmm. Can I find the essence that's behind that moving, moving it? And, and can I awaken that essence? 
And in my case, um, journaling has helped me get there because it gets to a point where you don't know what to write anymore. Mm-hmm. And you stop lying to yourself, you know, and you start being honest. You start losing to be afraid of making mistakes. And that's where you start connecting with your deeper soul, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the practice of gratitude, it's also a very, very powerful um, medicine, you know, just being thankful every day for everything that you have, not taking anything for granted, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I think that's something super simple that can shift uh, your mindset. Um, another tip that I'd like to give is the last thought that you go to bed with is going to be your first thought in the morning. Mm-hmm. So during um, the mele process, that's why what we do is uh, we basically um, help you write at night what is the best moment of the day, you know? Can you think of a positive moment during the day and practicing that gratitude, reflecting on your day, no matter how bad your day was, that's like the stream of light or the ray of light that's going to uh, clarify your day tomorrow. So sure. going to bed with a positive uh, idea and writing it down, it will be your first um, move for the next day. So that's another tip that has helped me a lot. during mm-hmm. this. Totally. And I would add just... Um, also, that sense of awe and wonder, of being at, at, at awe of all the possibilities that we have and all the, the, so we are walking miracles, right? The amount of of internal processes we're having right now from digestion, from cleaning our blood, from our kidneys, um, all the hormonal, you know, system that's going on with us, all of the ability that our cells are having every millisecond of our lives. is just completely outstanding. And the same for life to sustain life, right? For, for, for earth to sustain life. It's also something that it has the right amount of oxygen and carbon dioxide and the right temperature, but it's not too hot, it's not too cold, right? And it has this perfect balance. I know that we are, we've started to kind of like wreck that balance, but it's also something that it's fascinating to, to, to go to bed, you know, thinking about that awe and wonder of the miracle of being alive, mm-hmm. right? For us and for other sentient beings. So this is fascinating. This is fascinating, Alex. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge. And uh, for everybody that wants to check out more on Alex's work, we did a Luan Life session. Um, that's You can find it in Luan Emotions Museum YouTube channel. It's called Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. Um, we uploaded it, I think, a week ago. So anytime you can go there, you will find the recording there. And we did this workshop with Alex where he guided us into uh, the principles of the Malay methodology and also the benefits of implementing meditation, exercising, uh, learning and expression into our daily lives. So if you want to check it out, you can go into our YouTube channel. No? And before we close, Alex, I want to ask you a few questions. The idea is for you to answer them in one or a few questions. Try to keep it short. And the first thing that comes to mind, that's the best answer. So the first one is, what is art for you? The expression of the soul. Who's your favorite author? Mm. It changes by day. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Changes by day. But uh, Antonio Porquia, he's a poet um, from Argentina and Italy. 
Mm, love that. He only wrote one book called Voices, mm-hmm. and it's a book of aphorisms, so small sentences. And he was a gardener. He never said he was a poet, but mm-hmm. he's this poet that the, the biggest poets um, of his generation said he was like the highest expression of poetry ever alive. Mm-hmm. And just focused on the beauty of being present with his flowers and his garden. So um, going back to simplicity. Mm, that's beautiful i will check him out thank you for this um an advice that changed your life Ah, mm, an advice that changed my life being able um to release um soltar in spanish you know release let go let go yeah Mm -hmm. let go of anything that's holding you back Mm. and even yourself Mm, I love it. The best quality in humans. Mm, the best quality in humans. Mm, getting getting back, getting back from from tough moments, you know, turning difficult situations into learning experiences to grow. So I think it's yeah, standing up after falling down. Mm. A book that you recommend? Mm. Um, the Freedom of Now from Krishnamurti. Mm-hmm. What feeds your soul? Life. Mm. The most pressing issue for humanity or one of the most pressing issues for humanity? Mm. understanding there is no pressing issues (laughs) if humans can agree on this you will be very happy that we don't know anything Mm -hmm. what would you like to scream to the whole world Mm. close your eyes and breathe the last one, what is it that you have lived and that no one could miss experiencing it? You know, I think it's it's a tough, it's a tough one because my instinct wants to say um, plant ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And I know there is a big barrier with a lot of people that put it into the category of drugs, mm-hmm. but I think nature has all the answers, you know, and if you ever have the chance to experience um, from a ceremony with mushrooms or uh, other types of plant ceremonies, I think it will help you discover the abundant love that you have within you Mm -hmm. and forget about all of these um, material life that you live in, you know, like find Mm -hmm. the answers in nature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. That's beautiful. I agree with you. Plant ceremonies and watching nature and getting wisdom from nature has a, a big impact in our lives, a big impact. And sometimes we're building cities and, you know, real estate and we're designing our lives just completely disconnected from nature where we have so much knowledge, so much healing, so much, right? So eating like from your own garden has a lot of benefits, 
just watching the cycles, right? As we have seasons, we have seasons as well in human beings, right? We have, we have our own spring where we start to blossom into new projects. We have autumn where eventually things do start to fall down. We have our own winters, right? When we sometimes don't feel that, you know, upbeat, maybe we can be in a depression and so on, right? And sometimes we forget to dance with those seasons, with those cycles that we all have. Mm. So much wisdom in nature. So I completely agree with you. Mm, well put amazing Alex thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge sharing all of your experience and sharing all of these insights with us with Inluan Emotional Museum and with our community thank you so much for being here today with us thank you very much I really enjoyed the conversation me too thank you want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively. <laughs>